Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Well, hello again, friends, and welcome on into episode 211 of the SCO Show, proudly a part of the Pat's Pulpit Podcast Network and brought to you by the great folks at SB Nation. My name is Mark Schofield, back in the big chair for today, Wednesday, October 13th, 2021. Got a lot on the docket today, and it is all Dallas Cowboys related. In the second half of the show, I'm going to talk about their Dal- the, the Dallas defense and really focus on Trayvon Diggs because he's been a focus of discussion with his play to this point in the season. So I'm going to talk about Diggs, some of his interceptions. I'm also going to talk about the Dallas defense generally. In the first half of the show, we're going to focus on the Dallas offense. I'm going to talk to you about what Dak Prescott is doing well, about what they're doing conceptually in the passing game because that's, I think, how they're going to try to win this game. I think Dallas is going to try to put the football on the air. They're going to see what happened last week. They're going to try to attack through the passing game. And so we're going to talk about Dak, Amari Cooper, City Lamb, and more. But before we do any of that, your usual cavalcade of reminders. Follow along on the Bird app at Mark Schofield. Check out the work at a variety of places. USA Today's Touchdown Wire. Uh, the Quick Game RSP podcast with the one and only Matt Walden. We do that every Tuesday, so you can look for that as well. And then, of course, some other places. You get the QB Factory Reboot over at Bleeding Green Radio. You get my weekly Dak Watch over at Blog and the Boys at SB Nation, where I break down Dak Prescott. And so if you want some insight into what Dak has done this season, go over to blogandtheboys.com, and you will see I've done a YouTube breakdown anywhere from like six to nine plays um, from each of Dak's out, and so you can see that as well. Also, Big Blue View, I'm going to be doing some stuff on Matt Stafford and the Rams this week. But let's focus on Dak Prescott and this Dallas passing game. It's very good. It's very good. And in, and in some sense, look, numbers can kind of speak for themselves right now, right? You watch Dak Prescott this season. You look at the numbers that he's put together. You're talking about a quarterback that at this point in the season, He's completed 73.9% of his passes, which pretty darn good, right? 1,368 yards, 13 touchdowns, three interceptions, an interception percentage, interception percentage, excuse me, of just 1.8%. His passer rating on the season right now, not that I'm a firm believer in NFL passer rating, but as it stands right now, 116.9, which would be a career high for him. His adjusted net yards per attempt right now, 8.34, which would also be a career high. And so he's playing very well. 
He's playing extremely well. And what stands out about Dak Prescott right now are some of the things that have endeared me to other quarterbacks before him. The manipulation. Prescott is doing a great job with his eyes right now, and it doesn't take long to find examples of this. You look at his touchdown on the third and eight, the vertical route to CeeDee Lamb of last week, right? It's a two-high safety look from the from the New York Giants pre-snap, spun to a single high. What does Prescott do? Eyes middle of the field, staring daggers at that post safety between the hash marks, and it's the safety that rotates there that's coming from CeeDee Lamb's side. So he has to sort of move him there, and he does it, then flips his eyes late. You get the vertical route touchdown to CeeDee Lamb. What about the touchdown to Amari Cooper back in week four against the Carolina Panthers? It's a double move. Cooper runs the out and up. But Prescott is brilliant with his eyes on this play because similar to what we just discussed, it's a two-high look, pre-snap, spun to a single-high, cover three look. Prescott knows that that corner now has no safety help over the top. you got the post safety in the middle of the field. Prescott on the out part of the route from Cooper flashes football, just a little pump. And then he resets and brings his eyes to the middle of the field where You've got a deep sort of sit route from Dalton Schultz that's checking up at about 12 yards downfield. That's where Prescott moves his eyes next. Then late, flashing back to the right, drop it in the bucket, touchdown. And the post safety, he's nowhere to be found. Now, he's probably not helping on that throw. I've talked about this before, right? Not going to be able to get there on that throw because it's right along the sideline. But he doesn't even get outside the hash mark. That's a really impressive job from Dak Prescott. One of my favorite plays from Prescott this entire season was his first completion, first play of the game that Monday night against the Philadelphia Eagles. Right? Because they come out empty four by one. You've got the two tight ends. You've got a YY Wayne Schultz. And Jarwin and a YY win to the right. You've got Amari Cooper then in the slot. They flex Ezekiel Elliott to the outside. So you have four receivers to the right side of the offense. The only receiver you have backside is CeeDee Lamb. Eagles, they show the umbrella cover four look. They walk up one of the linebackers, Johnson, putting him on the line of scrimmage. You've got the other two linebackers off the ball, Edwards and Singleton. Singleton is the linebacker to the C.D. Lamb single receiver side, okay? What Prescott does here is great because takes the shotgun snap, Lamb runs a slant on the backside. Takes the shotgun snap and he opens to the single receiver side. Singleton has four receiving threats to his left. He only has the one to his right. So he's dropping and reading Prescott's eyes. He sees Prescott open to Lamb on the slant. He sees that. That's where he goes. He just bails out of that zone, runs right to get underneath that slant route to CeeDee Lamb. And what do you think happens? Dalton Schultz runs a little sit route, literally right to the spot Singleton just vacated. 
This is Brady-esque. This reminds me of a throw Brady had on against a cover one robber, cover one rat look years ago that continues to my mind to blow, blow me away, where he moved the underneath defender to the two-receiver side, away from the three-receiver side, then comes back and throws a slant route to Edelman, literally at the spot that linebacker just vacated. And it reminds me of this idea, this notion that, look, whenever you as a quarterback can get a guy to do exactly what he probably should not be doing on a given play, you've accomplished something as a quarterback. And, And that's what Dak Prescott did on this play. Now we have to sort of talk about the weapons, right? Prescott's playing great. You have to worry about a bunch of different stuff. You don't, you know the wide receivers, right? You know Amari Cooper. You know CeeDee Lamb. Cedric Wilson's playing well. They've found ways to turn the tight ends into weapons in the passing game. And it's partly because you're so worried as a defense. You're so worried as a defense coordinator. What's the game I always play, right? Put yourself in the mind of the opposing defensive coordinator. Put yourself in Steve Belichick's mind, and Bill Belichick's mind. What are you worried about right now? Like You've got CeeDee Lamb to worry about. 20 receptions for 348 yards and two touchdowns. You've now got Cedric Wilson to worry about, who has another 10 catches for 126 yards and two touchdowns. You've got Amari Cooper, you know the route running stuff he can do, 25 catches for four touchdowns. Averaging 63.6 yards per game. Lamb averaging a nice 69.6 per game. You've also now got to worry about the two tight ends. Blake Jarwin. You know, he's got nine catches for 89 yards and a touchdown. And look, Dalton Schultz is their leading receiver. 26 catches for 280 yards, three touchdowns. They're doing some spread stuff. That four-by-one stuff that you're seeing more and more teams using that quads look to really stress you to one side and give you a potential one-on-one on the back side. Think about the play I just walked us through, right? You got that quad look to one side and CeeDee Lamb alone. It's Jonathan Moxon. It's Mississippi Valley State. It's the oop de right? Four, four receivers to one side, burden backside on the one-on-one. It's exactly what Moxon talked about. Coach Bud Kilmer wasn't a believer. Coach Kellen Moore is. And so you're going to see some of that stuff on Sunday. You have to worry about the two running backs as well. Elliott and Pollard are, look, they're sharing the load as running backs. Elliott, 85 rushes for 452 yards, five touchdowns. Pollard's got 51 for 325. They're spreading the ball around to them in the passing game. Pollard has 12 receptions. Elliott has the nine. And those two guys are fantastic in pass protection. And that's one of the sort of undiscussed things with Dallas this year. Not many people are talking about it, but that duo of running backs is doing a fantastic job in pass protection and blitz pickup, blitz recognition. And so this defense, it's going to have its hands full this week. It's going to have its hands full. And when you start thinking like the matchup game, where do you put J.C. Jackson right now? I'd probably lean towards Jackson on Amari Cooper. Jonathan Jones on C.D. Lamb. And going from there. I think Cooper's a more refined route runner, so I'd like to see J.C. Jackson on on him. But it it might be a week where you feel like you might want to play a little more zone. But this 
Patriots defense is going to have their hands full when this game kicks off Sunday afternoon. We'll talk about the offense next, what to expect from this Dallas defense, what Mac Jones is going to be staring down. That's ahead here on episode 211 of the Sco Show. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Mark Schofield back with you now on episode 211 of the Sco Show, focusing on the Dallas Cowboys, the New England Patriots' upcoming opponent here in week six. Yes, week six of the 2011 NFL season. And I know I mentioned the Matt Waldman RSP quick game that Matt Waldman and I do on every Tuesday. And if you caught this week's installment yet, you probably know that At the end of that show, we sort of talked about stuff we're into right now, stuff we're doing that's non-football, and I mentioned, you know, another run-through of Stardew Valley on my end, another playthrough of Red Dead Redemption 2, and I also talked about how I've sort of hit a wall. Um, This is one of three walls that I typically hit each season. I get an October wall when the first wave, first month of the season is in, and, you know, you get the sort of feeling of, man, this is going to be the grind now. This is all the stuff I've got to do, the deadlines and all that stuff. I get another one right around drafts, right around Super Bowl time, excuse me, and then a third one sort of around draft time. So we're punching through that wall. We're punching through that wall this week because we're already in week six. The one thing about this NFL schedule, once you get into the season, it just takes on a life of its own. You know, it just starts steamrolling downhill. And for me, I get... That sort of October wall. I've talked to other people that have that similar wall right now where it's like, man, this is this is the grind now. Uh, but we get through it because, look, it's not exactly work, right? And so, yeah. Um, let's talk Trayvon Diggs. Obviously, Trayvon Diggs now, young corner from Alabama, leading the NFL with six interceptions. And that has led to a discussion this week and honestly, in, in weeks past, about just how exactly good is Trayvon Diggs, right? These interceptions, these six interceptions that he's notched this season, are they really any good? I mean, after all, look, you can look at the first one. And I know there was an article floating around uh, today about, you know, whether this Dallas defense is really any good. It's a screen pass that goes right through Leonard Fournette's hands, okay? You know, not great. Not a great interception. You know, you look at his second interception, though. This is where I think Mac Jones could get himself into trouble. His second interception of the season is in week two. He picks off a Justin Herbert pass. He's in man coverage on a cross route against Keenan Allen. And I, regardless of what you think and feel, where you stand on Mac Jones right now, I think you would agree that Justin Herbert has a better arm than Mac Jones. I I think that's a reasonable proposition. Herbert tries to drill this throw in with velocity, okay? When he lets it go, Diggs is maybe a step, step and a half behind Keenan Allen on this crossing rail. Diggs is able to close 
to cut under and the throw, you know, maybe it's slightly behind Allen, but not by much. I mean, Allen doesn't slow down or anything. It's going to be on the frame. It's not going to be out in front of him or like well out in front of him. It's going to be on the outside shoulder and the way he's going. It's not like he'd have to stretch out for it, but it's still in front of him. Diggs is able to close, get to the catch point, get under the route, and make the interception. The pick six that he had in week three, yes, Devonta Smith falls. Yes, the pass is slightly behind where it should be. But you again see Diggs and his ability play off coverage this time. Read the quarterback's eyes and drive to the catch point and close this gap. What's amazing about the interception and pick six of Jalen Hurts, you can measure the separation, right? Hurts makes his break at like the 30, we'll say 38-yard line because he literally cuts at the 38 on the outside of the zero and 40 on the yardage numbers. And Diggs is at the top of that little arrow, you know, the little arrow on the yardage numbers which tells you which direction the nearest end zone is. So it's like seven yards of separation, seven yards of cushion. But he closes it in a flash, gets to the catch point, and goes the other way. Then there is the interception this week that a lot of people are talking about, right? Because Diggs gets beat. It's cover three. He's playing off. Post route. He gets beat. Now, he's probably expected safety help. But it doesn't come. And when this ball gets let go by Mike Lennon, there's like three yards of cushion that the receiver has. Again, ball slightly hangs. You see him recover, get to the catch point, and make the interception. So what's my point? My point is this. The Herbert interception, the Smith interception, now the Glennon interception. He's able to close digs as big yards of cushion, small windows of cushion on the Herbert example in a flash. And so every time Mac Jones looks to test digs this week, he's going to have to know that velocity, placement, and being a step ahead rather than a step behind is going to be critical because Diggs and his ability to click, to close, to erase cushions, to erase separation, that's what's put him in position for some of these inter interceptions. It's a glass half full, glass half empty approach, right? If you want to take the negative view of Diggs, you say, look, he's getting up, he's getting beat on these routes. He's given up separation. You want to take the glass half full approach? Maybe he's getting beat. But he's got that ability to recover that is essential for great great cornerback play. That is essential to get interceptions in this league. And that is something you can take advantage of if you have an absolute cannon for an arm and you're, you're ready to exploit plays and you're ready to win with your mind. But if you're a rookie quarterback, well, that's a little tough. That's a little tough. And so that's what's incumbent upon Mac Jones right now. Now, you can get some plays against them in the passing game. You can get some plays against them in the, in the downfield passing game. Last week, you know, they tried to attack Brown, the other corner, a lot. You had Kadarius Toney on an out-and-up for a 38-yard gain on a 3rd and 10 at uh, the 11.45 mark or the second quarter. You can do some stuff, 
you know, they do, they do. It's Dan Quinn. You're going to get some single high stuff. So look, Haas, Juke, you know, post routes, you know, Bayonet post routes off of play action. There are opportunities there to hit those throws. It's, look, Quinn's done a lot of self-scouting and self-evaluation, so he's not strictly that Seattle cover three anymore. But he will run, so he'll run some too high, he'll run some quarters, but he's still got his cover three route, so you'll see a lot of single high stuff. Post over, that's an opportunity. Dallas had a great design off of play action, even with Glennon, where it looked like post over, Tony on the over route, but he stopped. Some teams are running curl there, but instead of stopping, then he broke back to the outside. You get the corner to overcommit, expecting the over route. You break back to the outside. So there's opportunities to attack off of play action, particularly that post over design. Last week against Houston, you know, Mac Jones did a really good job at sort of attacking in the middle of the field on play action. Micah Parsons, when he's in that stack linebacker look, he's young, he's good. He's a step late sometimes. If you think back to week one, you know, people made fun of him for running around like a chicken with his head cut off on the, on that play action touchdown near the goal line. He was doing the right thing. Play action, roll back, look for crossers, right? That robot technique. He was doing it right. He was just a step late. You've got to take advantage of that. You've got to take advantage of those moments where you see Micah Parsons is lining up more in that stack look, or you can see formations where he's going to get into that stack look, right? This play I'm talking about, it's a 12 personnel package with this post over where you've got YY win to the right, you know, single receiver left. So you have YY win, YY wing to the right with a receiver outside on the right side, single receiver left, you go play action. That gets them. They adjust their formation pre-snap. Parsons in that off-ball roll. Okay, you see that look with your 12 personnel package. You go play action. You try to hit that crosser like we had to Hunter Henry against Houston. You try to get Parsons to be a step late. Mac Jones just has to make that throw. So there are opportunities to make plays in the passing game against this defense. You've got to be quick, decisive, and you got to throw in velocity, particularly when you're challenging Trayvon Diggs because he has that ability to close. You can make some throws off of play action. You've got to have some single high beaters in there as well because it's Dan Quinn. I think they can make some plays against this team. It's just a matter of this will be a good stepping stone game, good measuring stick game for Mac Jones. I'd expect him to have some opportunities. I want to see if he takes advantage of them. And so that's my look at Dallas. Covered a lot today. I will be back next Monday uh, to break this game down. Hopefully it's a glorious victory show. Until then, friends, stay safe. Check in on your neighbors. Check in on your loved ones. Tell tell them you love them. Wash your hands. And when you do, sin along. And bless those Patriots reigns down in Foxborough.